everyone, and welcome to episode 253 of Final Fantasy Union. I'm your host, Daryl, and I'm here with Lauren. Hi, everyone. Greetings, all. Greetings, all. I have to confess, before we get into the show today, and、um, I know you're never supposed to do this, but I am very tired today.、Mm. And in, in preparation for what may come throughout this episode, strap yourselves in, guys. <laughs> Because I'm grumpy. Oh, it's and, okay, Daryl. And, and there could be some grump today. We're, we're tackling a,、uh, an interesting topic, which could,、uh, it's not supposed to be grumpy. It's more supposed to be reflective and reminiscent.、Mm-hmm. Um, but it could end up being grumpy once, if I get angry about it. Watch it be like the happiest, the happiest episode ever. Daryl ever. Like, it's the happiest episode. It's just well, warning you, and then everything's going to just be lovely. Yeah, you got to listen to see if I'm telling the truth.、Oh. Um, no, because, I mean, today we, we decided after some of the work we've done on YouTube, it awakened this thought process in my mind、mm. about how different things could have been if the PlayStation 2 era of Final Fantasy had actually panned out how it had been initially planned. Towards the start of the PlayStation 2 era, and, and how like decisions that were made around that time ended up having huge knock on effects for Square Enix as a company. That,、mm. in many ways, like it, it still feels like they have not managed to recover from. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we do frequently talk about the fact that like they've been in development hell basically since 2003. Yeah. Yeah. Everything. Everything has been in development hell since then. <laughs> Every single thing they've done. Every single thing. Breathing. Development hell. Yep. They keep delaying the breath. Aging. Development hell. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's the, that's the bulk of today's episode. It could get spicy.、Mm. Uh, I'm going to try and calm myself down. You're okay, Daryl. We'll see how things go.、Mm-hmm. But, yeah, the sleep deprivation is real. And,、um, and Lauren is going to be here. As the, as the calming influence, which it often is. Surprising. Not, yeah, I know, surprising, right? Yeah. We'll see. We'll see if I'm not、uh, gasoline. Like, <laughs> yes, yes, Daryl's. Embrace your evil. <laughs> embrace, <laughs> embrace the darkness. Sorry, that's Kingdom Hearts Union. That's not us. Yeah. This, we've, yeah, the dark and the light battles. Yes. Although, technically, we, we, we probably will talk a bit about Versus 13, and that did have the central、mm. Kingdom Hearts themes. Present as well. So,、mm. and that's something that as well has changed since since 2003. Like, every single title has to have something about light and dark, like light and dark. It's like they haven't just just leave the light on, just leave the light on, just just stop, just stop, stop with the opposites of of light and dark. They should have called it Kingdom Hearts. We, we know, road. yeah, we all know. Know that there is symbolism behind what's light and what's dark. Is there? There, yeah, a whole ton of symbolism. Oh, I feel like I've been missing out this、I、whole、know. time. Can you imagine? I never what, saw it before. Can you imagine what like, Final Fantasy XVI is going to be like without that theme in it? It's just, I'm, I'm going to be like, this is a completely new experience for me. Just wait. Just you wait, Lauren. <laughs> There's still plenty of time. We don't know much about the narrative. At the moment, we just know it's going to be. Fire against fire.、Mm. Yes. It could be a play. There you go. <laughs> light versus light, dark versus dark. Fire versus not on fire. 
That's what it's going to be. <laughs> are you on fire? No, then you're the opposite. Joshua! <laughs> Joshua is on fire. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, so before we get on to our <laughs> interesting topic, we are first going to do our shout-outs for Patreon supporters, and we're going to kick things off with Lewis James at LJ Composer. Zach Duranto. Rachel Casterton at Drunken Vieira. Barry Norton at Nortron Zero. Zelda Clone at Apes Type Novels. Alex and Rachel Troutman at Akira Namejin. Miles Ribbons. Billy Jackson at underscore Billy Jackson. Thorin Bullen at Massacre 23. Tom Hughes at Tom underscore Hughes 22. Yam Potato. Noah Luttrell. Ryzen. Sam Ennis. Chris Willis. Fayez Bilal. Joshua Johnson at The Cancer Bus. Freya Stella. Lauren Luscombe. Marco Lulu. Timmy Turner's Babysitter. Darren Matthews at Doomster73. Gregory. And Jared Brayland. Thank you all so Thank much, Thank you, everyone. everyone. You just want to, you just don't want to let me do Timmy Turner's Babysitter until I actually find the time to properly practice my Timmy Turner That's voice. a lot of peas. I know. I just want to get that popping in, you know, get get all those levels, all those levels messed up. Thanks, Lauren. So that when it comes to your time to talk, it's just like, oh, what's happening? Oh, oh, oh Bobby. All right. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> give you a little Hank Hill. I've called the the name. Wait, hang on. I'm going to get my words out properly. You got it. I have called this segment the end of the PlayStation 2 era. Mm. It's, it's a bit foreboding, um, but it is like a quite comprehensive topic. And the reason why I wanted to talk about it is because if anyone has watched the Final Fantasy 12 Facts video we did on the YouTube channel, the last point uh, was talking basically about Sakaguchi's vision. Mm-hmm. And he he believed that... I mean, you could even see it from the early days. He wanted Final Fantasy to be an expressive franchise that did not... That basically was the opposite of Dragon Quest in many ways. Like, he he wanted it to constantly be innovating, driving things forward. And that was, like, his design philosophy in general. Like, you know, working on the documentary for the history of Square even though he was working on games that he didn't particularly want to be working on, mm-hmm. like King's Knight, Rad Racer, um, and uh, the 3D World Runner. I can't remember the full name of that game. It's random. Um, but uh, he, it, it, even though he didn't want to work on those games, he wasn't happy with just um, carbon copying. So, yeah. yeah, Rad Racer was very similar to OutRun. And uh, the 3D Battles of World Runner, that's the name of the game. Um, that was very similar to Space Harrier. And King's Knight was very similar to another game that came out called Nightmare. But he didn't just rip them off. He, he took the base concept and wanted to do something else crazy on top. So with Nightmare, it was a like side-scrolling or vertical-scrolling shooter, which was based around ancient Greece, where you were a warrior who could fire arrows and throw swords and stuff. And he was also tasked with making a vertical shooter, but he decided to overlay role-playing mechanics. So there were multiple characters. Each one had different attributes. There were special abilities you could learn. There were hit points. There was all these different things. And um, they actually created a new genre called the Formation RPG. I think that may actually be the only game ever to have existed in that genre. Yeah. And the funny thing is that when they released King's Knight um for 15 they even hearkened back to being a pioneer of the formation rpg genre mm. but to be a pioneer they have to be things that like follow yeah they? like yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, like they actually have to do it twice, <laughs> more than once. But yeah, so like Final Fantasy, like even in the earlier days, even though Sakaguchi was the director of the first five, the games were so different from each other. Like Final Fantasy 1 is completely different to 2, which is completely different to 3, which is completely different to 4, which is completely different to 5. They did have underlying principles that were maintained between them so you could still tell it is a final fantasy game but mm-hmm. like you know one had a job system two did not three had a job system that was now like massively changed and the mechanics also borrowed stuff from two four had a story-based job system five had an even more crazy job system with now a story too and then six was like completely crazy but he always wanted to like have different people working on the games, different ideas coming in. He wasn't afraid of like new people um, uh, getting involved. And then obviously when uh, Katazi took over and, and Ito worked on it, you know, that was again completely different. But Final Fantasy VI was still very much a Final Fantasy game. Like mm. Final Fantasy VII, completely different again because it was Katazi working by himself now. And he was working uh, with uh, Nomura who like had like done pockets of stuff with six but was now much more heavily involved with stuff and they had Njima who had never been involved before with Final Fantasy like every single like major step there were influential people coming on board and Sakaguchi even though he obviously stepped away after seven and wasn't really involved with um like tactics or or eight um he was heavily involved with nine to come back worked with ito Mm. wasn't really involved with 10 um but there was this kind of cyclical process so yeah like uh you look at the playstation uh end of the the snares in the playstation one era you had ito and kataze then you had kataze then but but then you know really there'd been a massive pause between six and seven because everyone dumped on chrono trigger gotta Mm -hmm. get that out so by the time uh seven came back it was like completely different ideal really like you got to go launch on a new system you got to do 3d you got to do all this crazy stuff um uh, matsuno did tactics like right after seven based on sakaguchi's vision of like i want the franchise to um be something else i mm-hmm. don't want it to just be a jrpg its entire life mm-hmm. like there are complementary genres out there that make sense that we could latch on to matsuno perfect do it <laughs> Yeah. Katarze comes back on eight. Katarze gets to make basically the game. Like it's the first time you've got to make a game without the influence from someone else, mm-hmm. really. Um, and then Ito was, was in for nine, Katarze in for 10. And then Ishii uh, did 11, which was another like uh, Sakaguchi idea, like another complementary genre that Final Fantasy can branch out into. So you've got. Uh, Kataze Nito, Kataze Matsuno, Kataze Ito, Kataze Ishii. Like there was never a period after Sakaguchi's first five where there was the same director back to back. And like it's crazy to think about that, especially if you include tactics in the mix um, as kind of like a an important game in the history of the franchise. Mm-hmm. Like that Sakaguchi was very clear, it's like subtly. Well, not subtly, really, when you look back at it, that there was this notion of like having lots of different creativity and different visions and like allowing people to express themselves because Ito was also involved in tactics. So like he was six tactics, nine and Kataze was six 
seven, eight. Mm -hmm. But they all kind of intersected each other. Now, I don't necessarily know entirely like what Shinji Hashimoto's like role was as far as like being the brand manager of Final Fantasy. But it almost kind of makes me think like if he did have an integral role in how how things played out with with the series as far as like this person's directing this thing, this person's directing this thing, or like we're keeping it all together. Like I almost kind of feel like Kitaze should have been that role a lot earlier on in like the game's cycle. Like it just I don't know where he was. Where was he? In, Hashimoto. Like, yeah. So he was the executive producer on eight. Actually, so he he filled that position because Kataze was off doing um, the movie and mm. nine as well. Mm. So Hashimoto, I think he had come in a couple of years before. I think he'd worked on Front Mission mm-hmm. before that. So he because, he had seniority and like, but, but he obviously wasn't ingrained in the franchise. He wasn't. He wasn't the protege that Sakaguchi wanted to take on the Final Fantasy brand. He like. You know, from what we sort of discussed with Sakaguchi as well, it just gives me the impression that Sakaguchi always wanted Kitaze to be to be the new head, and he was the one who would have the vision for everything. But then they just kept sticking him in a director role, um, and then now finally with Seven, he's producer again. Yeah, it's just like I don't, without knowing exactly what what it's like there, like. I can't completely like sort of say what's right and wrong, but like it does sort of feel like the wrong person was put in charge of sort of the vision for the brand of Final Fantasy in my from as an outlier, you know, because like, I mean, it's hard, right? Like, so many people are split between between the seven and eight and then nine. Like seven and eight kind of, I almost kind of feel like, and this is going to sound really crazy, um, especially like, you know, all things considered, but I almost kind of feel like six and seven was an, still a natural progression of the series, even though a lot of people compare six to nine, but nine was too different a change from eight. If that makes sense, like seven, I felt like six to seven, it kind of feels similar. Like it's, it's quite futuristic, but it's still got that rustic nature of it. Um, and then seven to eight, I felt like was, was still within the same vein, but maybe a little bit more that way. And I feel like the upset came with nine in a way because i feel like although i love nine and i think it's like a fantastic it's quote unquote the perfect final fantasy i almost kind of feel like nine should have been seven it like i think that's kind of where things went wrong with the vision for for the titles because like seven nine should have been seven seven should have been eight and then eight should have been nine and then it led to ten which i feel is like a better evolution between eight and eight and ten does that make sense yeah and i think you know one of the interesting things about nine is that obviously it was not initially planned to be nine yeah so it was supposed to be well if the rumors are to be believed there was a huge leak that basically came out in the build-up to final fantasy nine many many years ago 
that suggested that it was going to be a guiding experience because even though it had many like basically like tactics it had many of the final fantasy hallmarks but it was too different from mm-hmm. the two previous games and people felt it would be quite jarring as an experience based on that and obviously like you know um it ended up being very different from those two games and yeah. but they managed to change it enough be- between those leaks and the final product to make it so that it was jarring but it wasn't too jarring mm-hmm. like i came into the franchise at seven so seven like yeah eight felt like a natural progression for me even though like yeah. there are a lot of people that don't like eight in comparison to seven because they change again they changed so many mechanics like yeah eight and seven are still very different games yeah and there are a lot of people that like one or the other mm-hmm. most people like seven more than eight but you know, eight eight had huge mechanical changes related to it, like the draw system. Like they'd not had anything like that really before. Mm-hmm. Like it, the leveling system was completely different. They had so many like really crazy uh, changes to that game. And then yeah, like nine was another big change, uh, but it was a, a huge change thematically as well. Mm-hmm. But then ten was also a huge change based on nine but also eight and seven mm-hmm. but it didn't feel like that much of a change compared yeah. to, to eight or seven because of the way they did it yeah it just felt it felt right it almost kind of felt like it was it was a negative for sakaguchi to go back to directing or yeah to go back to being like the 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 head honcho of nine after he'd kind of passed a torch to kitaze in a way like in it, this is just like my sort of figuring out right now like why why i feel this way but i do i do feel like nine is always the one for me that feels like it shouldn't be where it is and like i know that that's like it's not saying that it's a bad game it's a fantastic game like i i love nine it's the game that we always say that is probably on paper the perfect final fantasy game but like for both of us, there is something about it that just stops it from actually being yeah, the like perfect game. It just doesn't feel it doesn't feel like the evolution that it should have been from eight. But and, I think but I do think eight to ten kind of feels like a natural a natural transition. But then the issue comes with like eleven, like although it's a it's a progression into MMOs. I guess for me personally, it was it was too much of a jump because I wasn't I wasn't in a stage in my life where I could play a game online. I yeah. was not even remotely able to do that. But I think you know what you're discussing here actually is a perfect setup for what we're going to talk about because it does harken back to those earlier days. Because mm. you know there are so many people that liked Final Fantasy One mm. and hate. Final Fantasy 2 vehemently based yeah. on how much they changed yeah. with the game. And it's exactly the same as what you're talking about now. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you, you could have that natural progression in there, but that's not what Sakaguchi ever wanted. And it's not to say that Sakaguchi's right or he's like some kind of pariah that, <laughs> that makes all these fantastic decisions and that the way things have gone is bad because he's not involved or anything like that. No. It's just that he he wanted the franchise to be something that would appeal to a broad spectrum of people mm. and that's the point of 9 right so it didn't appeal to you and i in the same way that 7 or 8 did and that's okay because it enabled we still played it 
Yeah. Right? And we still, like, it wasn't, it wasn't our top tier game, but for many people it was. Yeah. And, like, and, now looking back at it, I can, I definitely feel like it's good. And, and like, you know, if, if, um, if things had continued on in the way they were, then, you know, Nine introduced a lot of elements. Not only did it remind people about where things had come from, but it also introduced a lot of things that I think a lot of people forget because obviously so much is placed around the fact that it was supposed to be this tribute game mm. and it's about re- remembering our past. But Nine did also introduce a ton of new concepts that have been used by other games moving forward. Mm. And... You know, when we when we got onto ten and and eleven, I think eleven really, yeah, it's a numbered game, and there were obviously many debates about whether it should have been a number game, should it have been Final Fantasy Online or not, in the same way that Final Fantasy Tactics was not made a numbered game. Mm. I, I feel as though, based on the, the fact they did Tactics because they wanted it to be a tactical Final Fantasy game, you know, it's you know, it's it's neither here or there really, but. The fact that Eleven was again a very different type of experience. It doesn't matter if it's a numbered game. It mm. doesn't matter if you enjoyed it. It doesn't matter if you played it because there are tons of people that did enjoy it and it yeah. did add something to the franchise. And if you look at like their initial plan for the PlayStation 2 era, which they had pretty much mapped out in 1999 mm. <laughs> before the PlayStation 2 came out, they... Like their their approach to the brand was incredibly clear at that point. And like I know that part of it was down to Sakaguchi's vision of wanting to have lots of different creative influences being involved with the franchise and 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 kind of iterating and having people share ideas and do different things as long as they made sense and and they did build on each other. Yeah. Because yeah, like nine is different from seven and eight but it still shared many of the elements that they implemented and 10 shared ele- elements of nine, etc. Didn't matter the fact they were different teams. They still had like the, the kind of the gut vision in them about what a final fantasy game should be. Yeah. Um, but as you move on to the, the future, like they knew that development was going to start becoming more complicated and mm-hmm. that they couldn't just have Kataze working on the games back to back for the rest of his life. Yeah. And so when they announced uh, 9, they also announced 10 and they also announced 11 and they could do that because they knew there were three separate teams working on those games side mm. by side. And like once um, once things moved on, obviously the plan was for them to continue working in that way and also have people exploring in other ways as well. So, you know, um, Matsuno wasn't part of that initial three, but he was working on Vagrant Story. Once he finished with Vagrant Story, the plan was that he would then go on to direct Final Fantasy XII, which was announced in 2001. Like, mm. just p- p- perspective here, they announced Final Fantasy 9, 10, 11, and 12 basically in the space of a year, <laughs> which is crazy to think yeah. about now. And the plan was that like 9 was announced, like I think six to nine months before it came out. 10 was supposed to come out um i think like nine months after nine but got delayed a bit which is the first time a game in the franchise i think had ever been actually officially delayed like 11 came out the year after that uh and then obviously 10-2 which i don't necessarily think was part of sakaguchi's plan Mm -hmm. um but again a different creative vision right it was toriyama there are people that like 10-2 and that's yeah. okay. There are people that don't like Tentu. It doesn't matter. Like, because mechanically, 
It did a fantastic job. Gameplay, I think nobody can fault the gameplay in that、mm-hmm. game. It is one of the best the franchise has ever seen. They just did nothing with it afterwards because、yeah. they kind of just they lost they lost the plot they lost the、yeah. plot right because Ten、yeah. T would have come came out a year after Eleven. They were still on track at that point, but where it all went wrong, and I don't know. No one really knows what happened, but Twelve was was supposed to come out. Either in two thousand and three or two thousand and four, Sakaguchi had gone by that point. Like the the power and influence that he had to like, like whatever he said in the past was kind of like you. He says jump, you jump,、yeah. kind of thing. Like Sakaguchi wants this to happen this way, done. Like they managed to make an MMO despite having zero experience with making an MMO in、yeah. like a year and a half, stroke two years tops. Like Kitaze. Learned how to make a 3D modeled game with a development staff of 120 people when he was wait when he was used to working with a team of like 25 on 2D games, and he did it in a year. Yeah, like they had insane deadlines, but they always hit that target because they had to. Yeah, but there again, I guess like the other thing is the fact that like Kitase, although with everything that's great about him. He also is responsible for like Dirge of Cerberus, and like he, he's just he has a really great he has a really great vision, but it's not necessarily for the traditional Final Fantasy that we know and love. He has a vision for like every game. Like he's just he's just really loves testing games, but it's not necessarily for the JRPG genre. Always、yeah. like. And, Sakaguchi was, and that's kind of where Sakaguchi, like when he left, the they lost that kind of gatekeeper. Like、yeah. he, he was up there at the top, thinking like, okay, so what complementary genres can work with Final Fantasy? Yeah, and like they used the Chocobo franchise to explore a lot of random stuff. Like, yeah, that's where they did all their mini games and like and like like tie-ins with other genres and stuff that didn't really make much sense for Final Fantasy, but they kept that brand name secure. With with complementary experiences, yeah. Once Sakaguchi left, like you know, it's a free for all. Yeah, like they didn't really know. Like I think they've talked about it on record that it just created this vacuum where no one was in a position of seniority to really make a decision because, like、mm-hmm. you know, we mentioned Hashimoto becoming the kind of brand manager. He was the executive producer in a lot of the games. But did he really have more seniority than Kintaze?、Mm. No. Yeah. And like you know, Toriyama was like elevated into a more senior position. You had Ishi and、uh, Tanaka as well, who were also in very senior positions. Nomura was in it, so you had like six or seven or Kawazu as well. Like you had six or seven different creators who all had basically Sakaguchi as a mentor. Yeah. Matsuno as well. I should mention in that too. They all had Sakaguchi as a mentor, and then when he left, it's like those old like clan things, isn't it? Where、yeah. there needed to be some kind of power struggle to basically determine who was going to be the new Sakaguchi, but that never really happened. They just all splintered off and did their own thing in isolation. Yeah. So you know, Matsuno, no one really ever knows, or probably will ever know, why the game got delayed by like. Two to three years, because、yeah. that at that time at Square Enix, let's ignore the movie, was unprecedented. Yeah, like Chrono Trigger had loads of problems, but that was nothing to do with Square. That was Nintendo's fault. But but like 
Final Fantasy XII, to go through the development hell it did, like it broke the Guinness World Record for the longest development period for a game ever in history yeah. at that point, which was just mental. Yeah. And then we talked about at the beginning about the knock-on consequences. The delay of Final Fantasy uh, XII had significant impacts on what was what else was going to happen because Final Fantasy XIII, I think most people know, was planned to be a PlayStation 2 game. The only way that was going to happen was if Final Fantasy XII released in like 2004 at mm. the latest because Final Fantasy XVI to work would have needed to release in 20, uh, 2005 or 2006 at the latest because they did not really want to repeat of Final Fantasy IX, which released after the PlayStation 2 had come out and obviously dented sales. And this is exactly what happened to Final Fantasy XII because that released like in the build-up or surrounding the PlayStation 3. And like... Because because 12 got delayed so much, then they made the decision to just say, like, you know what, let's just not release Final Fantasy 13 as a PlayStation 2 game because then it's going to have to come out in 2007, which is a year after the PlayStation 3 is out. No one's going to be interested in it. So then they had to then try and learn new technology. They made their own engine. Like... <laughs> And it took them so long to make Final Fantasy thirteen, And then that then had a massive impact on Versus thirteen, which was originally planned to be the first game they released on the PlayStation 3 with the brand, probably in around 2007, 2008. But they couldn't work on that because they had to work on Final Fantasy thirteen, <laughs> And like, yeah. like, it just, like that delay to Final Fantasy XII just caused so many issues for them as an entire, like... The, the the entire Final Fantasy side of the business and obviously like their decision to focus on the compilation too as well because, you know, Agato got like basically just shoved to the side because Crisis Core was more important and like there were just so many weird... Like, who, who, like Nomura was the one making those decisions. Mm -hmm. Like that game's more important than that game but then he wasn't allowed to prioritize Versus 13 because someone up the chain from him was saying, well, actually 13's more important than Versus 13. Yeah, it was just a whole mess. But I think, like, the other thing that that we haven't really mentioned yet, which you sort of said earlier, like, I think as well, the I feel like the film really shook them to their core. It, it shook up a lot of yeah. stuff because it it's what it's what ultimately made them not want to take. It, it's forced. weird because they've taken risks. They've still taken risks, but they have, they're taking, they're, they, they adapt their risks according to what they thought that the market would know to what they would get the most. Yeah. They, like, they've stuff taken, for. they've taken risks in the Square Enix era, but they have generally been the wrong risks. Yeah. So like, the it's risk, what they think. Yeah. The it, risk was. Oh, there's been a massive, really positive response to the Final Fantasy VII tech demo. Let's cancel 13 on the PlayStation 2 and develop it for the PlayStation 3 instead. Yeah. Yeah, that's a huge decision to make. Yeah. And if you want to do that, then you have to do what they did for Final Fantasy VII, which was, we're making a SNES game. Oh, we can't do that anymore. We need to make it for the PlayStation. Katarza, you've got a year. Yeah. figure it out yeah whereas they didn't do that with 13 they said all right the tech demo came out in 2005 yeah we're gonna cancel 13 from the i think the gdc talks that toriyama did basically 
the entire process around that decision was a complete disaster. No one knew what was going on. Yeah. And then instead of saying, right, Toriyama, you've got a year, two two years tops to get a PlayStation 3 game out so that we can get this out in 20, 2007, 2008 at the latest. Mm-hmm. It comes out 2009, basically bordering on 2010. Like, like that's... That means that the game was in development for like six or seven years. It just always sounds like a child chasing a new toy. Like, just like, oh, well, I have this toy, but this toy's old now. So we should totally have this toy. It's like, it's just not the sort of finishing, finishing it to the best that you can, like in terms of, you know, like. I mean, the the situation with Versus 13 is exactly right because they decided to make their own engine. Yeah. For 13. When that engine was in production, they were like, hmm, maybe we should make this engine useful for other games too. Mm. So they ended up saying, okay, we can use this engine for Versus 13 and 14. But it wasn't really designed for those. Mm. And then when they started trying to make it work for Versus 13, it didn't work because it hadn't been designed for that game. So then they had to change the engine of Versus 13 to a new engine they were making, which was Luminous. I don't understand. I don't understand Square Enix. Square Enix's necessity to own everything, if that makes sense. Why do they, why can't they, why can't they just accept, why can't they just accept being the best at like telling fantasy stories why do they also have to why do they feel the need to be the best with and as far as their engine goes as far as this goes as far as that goes it's just kind of like you know okay to a degree i can see like all right like it it in an ideal world yeah you would be the best at that but the truth of the matter is japan is just so far behind as far as they were at that point yeah yeah, i think because you could look at the other side and say well ubisoft they made i think it's anvil engine for assassin's mm. creed but they they had a plan they had a plan they planned it out like assassin's creed games are going to come out every year and we're going to use this engine and we're going to iterate it every single year like and and ea frostbite they used it for all of their different games enix is so reactive with it just because they want to they want to be seen as the best in what they do, but they don't want to take the time to actually make it happen. They don't want to be patient. They just want to do it so that, oh, this is so amazing. We're so amazing. Look at us go and stuff. It's just like, it's just really, it's really painful to see. Yeah, um, and I think and it's hard to say um what the reason was but mm-hmm. obviously the big common denominator was sakaguchi sakaguchi left it's all fear you even look at final fantasy 14 and how much of a disaster that was the game was in development for like six years mm-hmm. and like the comparison is yeah with 11 they launched an mmo in two years tops despite not knowing that Ishii and Tanaka had never even played an MMO before mm. when they were asked to do it. They played a couple, they like brought people in to help out, but they managed to launch an MMO that successfully kind of blended Final Fantasy and brought in a load of their their concepts that they wanted to do. And I a lot of people don't really think it's Final Fantasy because it's actually like kind of a Final Fantasy 3 online mm. in a weird way. But like how were they able to do that? But then 
takes six years to develop the follow-up, but it's because there was no one, I don't think there was someone there just saying like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah, like start focusing on... Because like, who was that person going to be? Yuichi Wada? Yeah. Who, like, he's a businessman. Yeah. Like, they didn't They didn't have that. Like, they didn't ever feel like that there was. There needed to be another Sakaguchi. You yeah. look at the other side of the business at Square, Enix, they feel like they have a plan. Like, Dragon Quest feels... I mean, we're not massively involved with the franchise, but it feels like they are making the decisions that people actually want. Yeah, sure, they've made some missteps along the way, and they've had to kind of go back with their tails between their legs because especially in the Square Enix era. Mm. Um, but the main guy is still around. He's mm. still in charge of the brand. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen when Yuji Hori goes. Yeah. Like, Dragon Quest may go through the same issues that Final Fantasy has gone through. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Like, hopefully they have. he has somebody in line to be, like, the sort of number two, like... You'd you'd hope so, but like. But I mean, like we talked about it a couple of episodes ago. Just the stark contrast in terms of, like the the pixel remasters. There's lots of people that like them. There's mm. also a lot of people that don't. Yeah. But you look at what happened during the Dragon Quest 30th anniversary stream. Even that, right? The Final Fantasy 30th anniversary was a disaster. Mm-hmm. Nothing happened. There was yeah. nothing to even celebrate other than Cup Noodle and the flipping Ultima fork. <laughs> yeah. Like. Whereas Dragon Quest, they're like, all right, we're doing tw- we are going to announce twelve. We're mm-hmm. doing a, an offline remake of ten, the MMO, and the biggest thing for that was that they're doing the two point five HD remakes of yeah. the old games, which is like, if you ask anyone whether they would rather have the two point five HD remake of one through six or the Pixar remasters, I think most people would go for the two point five HD. But why is it that Dragon Quest are getting what we want? Yeah. Like it's just it's it's frustrating to see. Yeah. But yeah, that's enough of that. Yeah. Um so yeah, just in hindsight, it, I think we just wanted to talk about how how weird and different the franchise would have been had that PlayStation 2 plan actually gone to plan. Mm. Final Fantasy 12 released in 2004. Final Fantasy 13 released in 2005-6. Like how how imagine how different the franchise would have been mm-hmm. at that point. We probably would have never seen thirteen two mm-hmm. or Lightning Returns because they would have not released in the same console generation. Yeah, Final Fantasy Versus thirteen would have actually existed, which is just weird. Yeah, and like Final Fantasy, um, I don't even know what Final Fantasy fourteen would have been. It probably would have been an offline game. Yeah, that would have come out probably sooner than 13 would have come out in the end (laughs) and i have no idea who would have worked on it either no but yeah like it's it's just yeah (laughs) i mean i hope i i feel i feel like like with all this being said i feel like square enix is finally seems like they're in a better place than they were than they were sort of five ten years ago i mean maybe like not as far as like they still don't have the sort of um they still don't have some of their shiz together, but like I feel like Final Fantasy fourteen, I feel like Yoshi P gets it as far as like he does as far as community goes. I would have to say that in some ways they are 
still repeating the same mistakes hmm. because like we all i think most people are are kind of braced in for the fact that 16 is going to be different from the 7 remake yeah fine but it would be nice if there were some mechanics shared between the two but we're in a we're in the same situation we have been now for a long while right yeah 7 remake came out almost like a year and a half ago now mm-hmm. don't know when the next part's coming out 16 was announced a year ago now. We don't know when that's coming out. So not really much has changed. Like they've never, they still don't have the confidence to go and do an announcement and say, this game's coming out here. Mm-hmm. That Yoshi P has, has spoken very tentatively about wanting to not show the game now until he's confident he can release it within three to six months, essentially. Yeah. But when's that going to be? It means that we may not hear from the game for another year yeah and they're not going to release the seven remake in 16 in the same financial year i wouldn't have thought i hope not but so so we could be like my my initial prediction for the seven remake part two was that it was going to be released like two years after because they'd already started work on it before the first part was out Mm -hmm. but we're going to be in a position now where we're probably not going to see that for for three years yeah who knows what that means for the future of the of that particular franchise? Is it going to be a, like? Is it going to be a GTA Five where the to, to play the entire Seven remake you've got to span three console generations? Like it's 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 nuts. <laughs> it's definitely not going to be like GTA Five in terms of sales. Definitely will not be <laughs> because as we learnt the other day, GTA Five as a single standalone entry has now sold more copies than the entire Final Fantasy franchise. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy. Yep. But no, like it's just yeah, yeah. Like I don't think they are, they are learning in some regards, but but not in others because yeah, like Final Fantasy fifteen was two thousand sixteen. Seven remake was four years after that. Mm-hmm. They just need somebody to sort of handle handle the fans really. Like they need to handle like fan communications slash fan like planning. I yeah. think is like the thing. Like if. If they had a more a more connect more of a connection with their with their audience, at least from our perspectives, you know, I think it would be I think it would be a lot different. Yeah, and I think the the main the main um, kind of difficulty I have at the moment is that if they wanted to get back to where they were, which is kind of the heyday between mm-hmm. like six and and um, when twelve should have come out. It was. It didn't matter that the games were different from each other because the games were coming so quickly, mm-hmm. and they were coming from different teams, which enabled them to do that. And I was okay with that because mm-hmm. it it meant that, like you know, if you didn't like Eleven, we only had to wait like a year for the next game, and that was what Sakaguchi wanted everyone to be excited about. He wanted people to be excited about the next game. Okay, so you don't like this one, but you might like the next one, and it's yeah. going to be coming out yeah. really quickly. Whereas but at the it- moment, it's like okay, so if you didn't like Thirteen. Then you had to wait for 14, which was a disaster. The, the remake of 14, A Realm Reborn, didn't come out until three years later from that. And if you didn't like the MMOs, it basically meant that you had to, to get over 13, <laughs> you had to wait seven years. Yeah. And then if if that game also didn't resonate with you, well, the next yeah. one is a seven remake, which was four years after that. And if you didn't like that, 
Well, now we don't know when 16 is going to come out. Well, be, here, try be... this remaster. These remastered yeah, form of Final Fantasy X. Like, they've managed to get people more excited about rekindling the past or re- reminiscing yeah. about old experiences than actually being excited about what's going to come because no one has any idea. But the trouble is, isn't what I was just saying, is that like it's rekindling the past, but not in the way that we want to rekindle the past. <laughs> it's rekindling the past, but with 2D remakes that aren't what we, that aren't like better than the remakes that they've already made in, with the PSP versions. Like, you know, it's just, it's just so frustrating. And like, I mean, yeah, we could go on about this all day, but like, it's just, yeah, they just, they need somebody, they need somebody and they need a better connection with Western fans if they really want the numbers of a number of sales that, that yeah, they want. And, and it needs to sound, well, it needs to feel like it's coming from a central place because yeah. at the moment we've got seven remake, 14, 16, and Stranger of Paradise as the big kind of ticket items on the horizon. Mm-hmm. They're all going to have completely different communication strategies. And also, and like, they're not I going mean, to be targeted at the same person. It's it's telling when a company is, like, releasing information. We have to rely on a fan in order to actually get the information that we need. We have to, like, a lot of us are indebted to Audrey from Itaikuji on information because they're not releasing it in English. They're, it's only in Japanese. And it's just kind of like, you know, who, who, what audience do you want? What audience, what audience are you after? I don't understand. I don't, I don't get it anymore, but yeah, no, but no. Okay. I'm, I'm off, I'm off my den, but yeah. I, I mean the other, the only other thing I wanted to say is See, that it's, here's the fuel. It's telling I know it's telling that like Final Fantasy the Final Fantasy fourteen fan festival could be seen around the world, but the Final Fantasy seven remake orchestra concert could only be viewed in Japan. I'm just gonna leave it there. That is telling of where certain directors or brands feel like feel about the rest of the world. Yeah, and I think like it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with Stranger of Paradise because, mm-hmm. you know, if you think that Stranger of Paradise should be treated in the same way that tactics should have been treated back in the day, mm-hmm. is it going to get that same level of, of love and attention? I... Mm. It, it feels like it's just going to be... A, a, here's, a, here's a game you can play in between yeah. 7 Remake and 16... We're not really going to care that much about it. I mean, they didn't care that much about the release trailer. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah, that's the end of our lovely <laughs> discussion. Um, what could have been, eh? Yeah, What could I have know. been? I know. Hopefully. I mean, that's the thing. Hopefully, 16 turns out to be a fantastic game. Mm. And, I mean, 7, 7 Remake was a fantastic game. It's just that there's the, the follow-up isn't quick enough. Yeah. And we've spoken about that before. Like they needed to have the next game coming out like the year after mm-hmm. that came out. There needed to be a game coming out this year, but they haven't got that game coming out this year. It may yeah. come out next year. We don't know. We don't know. Too many ifs, buts, and maybes. Yeah. All right, Lauren. Okay. Time for us to conclude the episode. Yes. So, yeah. 
Be sure to check out all our previous episodes on FinalFantasyNew.com. Um, and if you enjoy our random ramblings <laughs> about the past, then feel free to support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash FFKHUnion. The next episode is scheduled to come out on the 24th of August. But until then, it's time for us to say goodbye. Bye, everyone. And I'm Daryl saying goodbye. This has been a FinalFantasyNew.com production.